0: Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cloud-Based Mayhem. I have no housekeeping today. We can jump right into this. My guest today is Serena Raunchy You probably all heard her name recently. She won X-Contest this year, which was a phenomenal feat, considering she started flying in 2018. And she did it by flying over 10,000 kilometers this last year. She quit her job and went on an eight-month sabbatical and spent three months, I think, down in the Sertao in Brazil. And she was flying down there on an ENB wing and and, uh, got under the wings of Dominique Rohner, who we've had on the show, very accomplished, another very accomplished Swiss pilot. And uh, yeah, she really started putting it together down there and getting some big flights that took her to the top of X-Contest. And so we talk about her progression and how she got into the sport and... Uh, all the things she was chasing. And then it all came to a pretty abrupt and scary halt or a pause, I guess it would be. And about six months ago, I got hit by, a, she thinks a pretty powerful dust devil coming into land. And she's had to kind of go through six months of really brutal rehab, and that is still ongoing and basically learn how to walk again. So we of course talk about that and her accident and recovery and flying with Kriegel recently and getting back into it slowly, but surely. So I really enjoyed this talk. Serena is is a consummately optimistic person and uh, has the hugest smile. And I think you'll find this this chat hard, but inspiring and, uh, and very real. So enjoy this talk with Swiss pilot. Serena Ranchi. Serena, welcome to the Cloud-Based Mayhem. We've been trying to do this for months now. And uh, I know we're both pretty hard to pin down. And you've been uh, you've been really busy there. We'll get into that later. Why? But uh, welcome to the show. And, and thanks for giving me some of your time.
1: Thank you a lot. I'm so happy to be here. And yeah.
0: It's, it's actually really good timing to talk to you because uh, the, the magazine, the X, XC Mag, just put out the latest issue with Russ Ogden on the cover, his amazing wind down at the World's and there was a really nice article about you in there. You're, I didn't realize you flew over 10,000 kilometers last year because you spent a lot of time in Brazil down in the Surtau. So let, let's start there. That's a, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of distance in a single year.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was in July I quit my job to to have 8 months free to fly and it wasn't planned to go to Brazil. It was first planned to go to to Turkey to Oludeniz to start acro, acro flying and then I learned that Dominique Horner, a Swiss top pilot was going in Brazil. And I wrote him and I asked him if I can go with him. And yeah, then he said yes. And I flew there. And yeah, first I was really scared (laughs) to be in Brazil to fly with a lot of wind. And then it was so magical. Uh, I really loved to to fly on the flat. And I spent three months there and then i went to mexico for two weeks and then i came back from to fly in the in switzerland where i live in the spring and yeah eight months to fly 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 <laughs> almost every day that's
0: amazing yeah I, the the Sertal. so i i have done the Sertal once it's actually where i met dominique uh, years before you're talking about but he and I spent some time, I was, I was flying from Tasima mostly, and then had a nice flight to, to basically put me down near Kishida. And so I flew the rest of the trip out of Kishida and met Dominique there. And, uh, but that's a long time to be in the Sertau. Did you, were you mostly towing and, and how did you handle the how did you handle the desert for all that period of time? Because you're right, it's pretty windy. It can be pretty stressful.
1: Oh, yeah, it's really crazy to spend three months there because, you know, there is nothing there. You If you bomb out, you just turn at the hotel and it's so hot there, there's nothing to do. So you wait, you see the clouds over your head and you are asking you what I'm doing here. And... <laughs> <laughs> And yes, um you've
0: got some perseverance, girl. You you are stubborn. I <laughs> I dig it.
1: <laughs> and yes, I spent two months towing. It was first in Kaiko, and then it was in Asu. And mm-hmm. the there's it's two places where you can tow. Where the Swiss League is going to Kaiko to. Um, to try to do some world records and Asu it's another place where you can fly very long distances but it's a bit difficult if the wind comes a bit more south because there is an airspace so um, it's better Mm. to go to Kaiko and two months towing and then I went to Kishada. it's a small hill where you foot launch and... It's pretty pretty windy and turbulent because yeah there is an effect of ventury and with the thermals you can have wind to I don't know I had so between 55 and 60 kilometers per hour and yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. can be really dangerous to to start there.
0: Yeah I got I got a sense for that in Tasima uh in 2016 I was there and Oh my gosh. I mean, every night I would just lay in bed and prepare myself for the, you know, the inevitable windy launch at five o'clock in the morning the next day. You know, it was just, oh man, it was madness. Mm -hmm. Some of the days were really crazy where you're just, oh, come on, give me a little bit of a break here. Give me a little bit of a break. And then you pull it up and just, you just skyrocket
1: yeah really.
0: <laughs> it's it pretty wild mm-hmm. that's a, it's uh it's a tough way to start the day it's it you you're quite relieved when you get in the air
1: yeah and sometimes when the thermal is coming you have a really strong wind but if there is um there is not the thermal you can start really easily because there is maybe 25 30 and mm. Yeah, you just have to be very, very careful because sometimes you don't know if the thermal is coming because you see the bush, it's like dry, dry plants and there are no leaves. So it's difficult to see if the wind is coming or not. And yeah, sometimes it's just uh, luck or bad luck and it can be really, really dangerous.
0: Yeah. They have a, they have a, a guy who sits up in this kind of tower in Kishida and they call it for you. It's amazing. You know, there's there. I don't think there's nearly the number of pilots there anymore because, you know, you run into the jungle and 400 K out. So they, everybody, everything's moved more to the East, you know, to, to Keiko and Asu where you're, you're you were flying from. And, but there was, and they they were really good at it. They would go, go, you know, and they put their hand up and, and yell at you to go. And then that was that you had to pull up right away. You just, you couldn't, you couldn't pause at all. You had to be really ready to go. And they would just, they call these lulls. And, but like you said, I, I, you know, we didn't have that in Tezima and it was, uh, it's pretty spooky. Had you done much towing before you went to Brazil?
1: Mm, I did once here in Switzerland and it was just like i don't know maybe 200 200 meter high and (laughs) it was just for fun to to try but yeah really it was i think yeah the second time i I did it in brazil and i was really really scared about it
0: (laughs) i bet you were i mean towing is always a bit nerve-wracking when there's a lot of wind but when you don't have you know, to go into a place like the Sertau green hats off to you that was uh you, you your heart must have been racing
1: <laughs> yeah and but you know you you do it maybe 10 15 times and then you find it really really cool it's funny and it's a lot more safe than to foot lounge with a lot of wind in in Kishada so yeah first you try and you're really scared, and you're asking, "You what are you doing here?" and and then you with with the time, you have more time to to see what's uh, what's around you, and you can't start to to fly during the tow, so you can start to f- to see the clouds and to analyze the the um, the sky and see if you see birds and the other gliders, so then you can really start to yeah to start to fly and not just focus on on your wing.
0: Mm. you're you're living in Lausanne, you're Swiss. Uh, how did you get into flying and, and when did you get into flying? I understand it hasn't been it wasn't it was pretty recent correct
1: Yeah it's um, my fourth year now. I started in 2018. Because I've done a lot of uh, via ferrata and one day I saw two guys flying down the mountain after via ferrata, thats a climbing way. And I thought, wow, that's just amazing to to go down the mountain like this. Uh, I really wanted to do the same because I like to climb, but I didn't like to, to go down by foot. So... I, I called the para-gliding school and yeah, I started in 2018 and I had my license in, in November. And then I started to fly in the winter and in the spring I joined the Swiss League. And yeah, that was a nice group of, uh, of pilots where they're doing some trainings and we flew together. We had some good briefing and debriefings and yeah, that helps me a lot to, to start to fly better.
0: The Swiss League is, is race to goal, correct? It's, it's, is it all oriented around racing or is the Swiss League also more a club where they, you just get together and support each other for flying?
1: That's the Swiss club, yeah, club where all the pilots are um, there to, to do some competition and some training together. And mm. yeah, we have the X League where some trainings are made to do some, some, long, some long flights. Then we have the Hike and Fly League that's pretty new. That's uh, the league to do hike and fly trainings, and then we have the um, uh, competition league. That's where you can do some task and the um, yeah the competition how you do in 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 the PVC. Yeah.
0: Is your is your you said you're doing a lot of via ferratas before that? Is your background mostly climbing, or w- what was what what did you do for sport before flying?
1: Uh, before flying, I was I was not often in the mountains. Only for yeah, the via ferrata. That's the climbing route. It's not like climbing on the um, with the hand on the rocks. There. it's a way. Yeah. I've done some crossfits and fitness, but yeah, I I didn't know anything about uh, meteorology.
0: Can can I ask? You look quite young. How old are you? Just for for the for the audience to, to I'm know. I'm twenty nine.
1: Twenty
0: nine. Yeah. Okay, when well, you're you're yes. Uh, so you're so you started flying in 2018. You're going into your fourth year. Uh, for those who are listening who don't know this you won x contest last year which is no small feat Uh, i guess that helped with the very long stay in brazil was that a goal uh, was to to win x contest or did that just something that happened that you weren't even paying attention to because you were in brazil
1: yeah that wasn't a goal at all i i just started to fly in the flatlands in brazil and uh, for me, I, yeah, I maybe had a goal to, to fly 200k, but, um, I really didn't expect that. But yeah, I was really lucky because there were not a lot of pilots in Brazil and the very good pilots, yeah, were blocked in, in their, where they li- live because of the COVID. So I was lucky to, to go there and to be there three months to try and try and try and yeah.
0: That's amazing. What was your what what ended up being your longest flight?
1: Uh it was three hundred and fifteen, I think. Yeah.
0: As a fourth year pilot, that's awesome. You must have been on the moon. Yeah. That was pretty exciting.
1: It was crazy, yeah. yeah.
0: And and what wing do you fly?
1: I flew the Air Design SAR. It's um, very light. Uh, B hot uh, B high B wing and okay. then at the end of the um, holidays I flew the air design vault it's the sea glider.
0: Okay. And you mentioned you you had planned on going to uh Oledeni's to Turkey to do some acro training that, that didn't end up working out because of COVID I assume but the uh the have you done some SIV and acro training in, in this four years?
1: Yeah, I've done three SIV. And that's why I wanted to start acro because I like the sensation of the full stool and the wings yeah. over. And I wanted to start to 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 improve my skills and maybe to to gain some confidence
0: when you were down in brazil and you started you started doing these bigger flights you know you were flying with dominique who's an amazing pilot what were some of the things that started clicking for you in terms of you know when you saw okay this is working i'm i'm figuring this out i'm starting to go further what can you chalk that up to was it any, any particular thing that you started figuring out
1: yeah, but first I I really was very stressed because I didn't know the, the condition. I was scared to fly with the wind. And after a few flights, I felt so good because it's just so nice to fly there because, yeah, flying with the wind, it's it's really funny because you can do some really distance and when you thermal it's it's funny because you can do a thermal like for 5-10 k's and uh. <laughs> and then I learned a lot about the, the, the sky, the clouds because I really didn't know a lot of the clouds forming before and I think yeah it it takes some times when you start to fly in the flatlands because first you're you don't know what to do, you don't know what to look after. And then when you train, 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 you can see the clouds are forming or not, you can see the birds, you can see the the color of the grounds, the trigger points, and yeah first you're lost and and then you see that slowly slowly you you start to to learn and that's so yeah that's that's so grateful because sometimes often you land first and you don't know why you land and you're really really sad and you want to know why but you don't know and you're just stay, staying at the ground. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what were some of the things you would hear pretty regularly from people like Dominique or other mentors that were there? What were they what were they telling you? Just out of curiosity, what were the things that were they were saying, "Hey, you did, you know, th- this was great, but you could work on this."
1: Mm, I think the most important thing is the security first, because you ha- with the wind you have to know that if you try to catch a thermal over the bush, you maybe will caught uh, in the middle of the bush and you really need to, to know where you, you can land. Because that can be really, really dangerous. And then, yeah, just try to to see the clouds and to see the birds and um, yeah, the trigger points.
0: I'm curious, you know, to for for someone like yourself who was, you know, hadn't flown very long and and decided to go down to to Brazil where it's quite windy. I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's a big, it's a big undertaking. I'm curious what is inside you that allows you to push things like that in terms of the risk side of it. You know, you're, you're obviously you were, you know, it was, it was scary when you got there, but you, you felt like, Hey, I, I need to go do this. What, what was it about you that felt like I'm imagining kind of, i have to go do this i have to go to brazil and see what this is all about you know that's not it's what i'm saying is it's not for everybody it's uh you know this is a this is a, a niche part of our sport
1: mm-hmm. i i knew <clears throat> that i have the, the skills to to handle my wing with the strong wind because i very often was ground handling here in, in switzerland with a lot of wind and yeah, my, my mm-hmm. teacher always said, you have to, yeah, ground handle is very important. And so I, I've, I don't know, some, I passed so many hours to go in fields and try to ground handle and try to do some exercise. And I really love that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I really love to, to handle the wind in, in strong wind and I I was scared about the wind during the flight, but on the ground it was okay, but yeah, in mm. the flights when you're high, it's just so funny because you you go so fast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is nice when you're away from the train, isn't it? You're mm-hmm. just cruising along. What do you love most about flying, Serena?
1: Um <laughs> I think the the liberty and the sensation mm. of yeah levitation and then the landscapes and to be with the friends uh, in the train or at the takeoff but I think the first thing it's it's the liberty yeah
0: mm. when you when you think about and we're going to talk about the, the accident a little bit later on. Obviously, that has changed things. But the, when you think about your future in flying, do you, what, what drives you about it? What, what do you think about What What are your goals? Where would, where would you like to see yourself in five years, for example?
1: And now it's pretty difficult to, to talk about this because I had a very big accident uh, six months ago. And before that, obviously, it was to do, my biggest goal was to participate at the ICSAT. And I mm. was really, really motivated to train and, and to, yeah, to get the skills to participate and for sure to, to do some long, long flights. And yeah, now I, think, I don't know, I just want to gain confidence again to fly in the Alps and then we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how my recovery will go. If I can walk then more hours by foot and yeah, it's it's a, it's a good question. I, uh, difficult to ask now. <laughs> To answer mm.
0: well well let's let's talk about it then I was planning on talking about this later but six months ago what happened
1: yeah I've done um, I wanted to do my my first um, bivouac uh, tour and it wasn't planned but a friend wrote me and said hey maybe tomorrow we can go to to do some a bivouac, um, a bivouac trip and yeah. We moved to Ticino, Tessin, T- 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 C- and we started to, to do um, a little tour. We don't had plan because we just wanted to follow the, um, the meteo. And we never flew together. And that was difficult because, yeah, after the first day, we land at different places. And we just lose ourselves. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I, I continue on my own and it was five days, a trip of five days. And yeah, the last day, it was, we had always good weather. It was really, really hot, um, low wind and, the last day, I flew two and a half hour, and I wanted to land in a in a in a valley, and yeah, in this valley there was not a lot of wind. It was like maybe ten or fifteen maximum kilometer per hour of wind, and I decided to land in a, in the grass field, and. Just before landing, I felt some sinking air, but really, really strong, like four or five meters per second. And I thought, oh, okay, it's good for me. I, I, I want to go down, so I stay a bit there. I made two, three, six to go lower. And then I saw my field, and I saw the trees moving very, very fast and I thought, oh no, uh but that's not the valley when that's a big thermal. And I thought, okay, I, I hold my wing and I go land. I didn't I didn't know that I was taking a risk there and I went there and I think like twenty, thirty meter high my wing collapses, and it was too late to do something. I think I flew in a dust because it was a really, really strong uh, thermal and a really hot day. And yeah, then my wing collapses and I I felt on my two legs. And yeah, I saw that my legs were broken. And I had a lot of uh, back age. And yeah, two guys were there, saw me and called the ambulance. And yeah, at the hospital, I, they told me I have two broken lumbar vertebra and a broken, two broken bones in the leg and that I have to be, to have a, Surge- surgery, very fast because the broke, uh, one broken vertebra was uh, really bad. So, yeah, I was operated and then I, I lose the sensitivity almost completely in one leg and the other leg was maybe the half of the, of the sensitivity. And yeah, it was really, really difficult because I had a lot of pain and I I didn't know if one day I will walk again. And yeah, I spent two weeks in this hospital waiting to a place where I can go to do my rehabilitation because it was impossible to go at home because I couldn't walk. I was just laying in the bed and yeah. So then after those two weeks, I went in a rehabilitation clinic. It was a bit near of my, uh, yeah, near of my home. And then I, yeah, I stayed there uh, five and a half months to learn to walk again and to do a lot of physiotherapy, swimming, fitness to gain the muscle again yeah it was a pretty hard time but now I'm since three weeks out of the clinic and I'm back home and I I flew (laughs) I flew again and yeah that that makes me really really happy because yeah it was all my life flying before and I'm really happy that I can fly again and and foot lounge again um, alone. So yeah.
0: <laughs> what is? Do you have? How much sensation do you have now? Back in the leg And the one leg that you had none, and the other leg that you had some. Is is it all back now, or is it still?
1: No, it's still still a long way. I think to gain the sensitivity again because. Uh, In the um, left leg, it's uh, almost completely there. But in the right leg, under my feet, I don't feel... um, Yeah, under my feet. And that cause some problems with the equilibrium. Mm
0: -hmm. Equilibrium balance.
1: Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, it can take maybe two years or more to, to have it again. Like before and I think um, I won't recover fully because I have one feet that is that lose a lot of mobility uh, there is some atrophia and yes in six months it's not moving a lot so I'm doing the physio for this but yeah it will be difficult to to gain again the, the mobility of the feet
0: obviously this has been incredibly hard physically to go through six months of rehab. It sounds like there's still much more ahead. What's it like for up here? What's it like in your mind? Knock on wood. I haven't experienced an injury like this, but I can't imagine chasing it as hard as you were. And, you know, thinking about the X Alps and, and then having this just,
1: Wow, it's it's uh,
0: mentally that's got to be really hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, first of the the first day when after the accident, I I thought I thought yeah, flying it's over. I don't want to fly anymore, and it's can be so much um, cr- cruel or so much uh, yeah bad when you have something like this. <clears throat> but then after a few days I I thought no oh, maybe I think I will I will fly in a wheelchair and I will try to do something some flying with wheelchair and that will be fun and um maybe a lot of people want to fly with wheelchair so I can I can show them that's that's possible and I really thought about this and then I started to walk again, and I thought, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I will, I will fly alone, and I will fly again, and yeah, I've done some a lot of mental flying, so I was in my bed, and I was imagining me at the, the lounge with the friends, and to start, and flying With the birds and in the thermals. And I think it, this helps me a lot because I was still in the sky and I didn't forget the, yeah, the happiness of flying. And yeah, I think uh, when I flew again the first time, I really, I, I forgot how magical is it to fly? Because you can do this mental flying training. But with the time, you forget how amazing it is. And yeah, when I flew again, I didn't know if, if I will like it uh, again so much. And if I ha- will have fear. And yeah, it was really unbelievable the feeling when I, I flew again it was uh, I, I've done a, a flight with Kriegel <laughs> that's um, that that was such amazing because <clears throat> he write me he wrote me on uh, at the Christmas time and uh, because it's he's in the X-Alps he made the X-Alps Academy in a, a group of training where I am and he wrote me to ask me how I am and then he proposed me to do a flight with him because I, I'm not able to fly alone and when I, I read that I was just so so happy because flying with Trigal on a tandem and mm, yeah special. Uh, really really special yeah and I Flew the first time with him just um, four days when I, after quitting the clinic, and yes, when we we flew together, it was so magical. The feeling of yeah, this liberty, this levitation, it was just so amazing and wow, I could. I I I think I was singing the whole day and shouting of <laughs> joy and wow it was ah eh, unbelievable <laughs> and then I knew that I want to fly I I landed I I I jumped in the arm of Kregel and I said thank you thank you thank you so much now I'm ready to fly again and I I just want to go up again and and fly so yeah then it took some three no uh, 10 days and I flew I've done my first flight solo solo flight and I couldn't run very fast but there were just perfect wind conditions so I, I put the wing over my head and I walked three steps and I was in the, the air and yeah just first I, w- I was a bit scared when I when I went in the thermals but then I, I went on the flats it was a, a day where the flatland was uh, going pretty good and yeah when I went in the thermal it was just uh, just magic I could do my my own game again and flying with the birds and under the clouds. And yeah, I really, really loved it. And now I just wait to to fly again.
0: (laughs) I love that you're still so passionate about it. I'm sure there's some part of you who struggles, though, knowing the accident and what it has done. You know, if you could, I often ask this question to pilots that have been flying for decades. You know, if you could rewind the clock to your 50 hour self, what would you tell yourself? But with you, that's that's pretty recent. It's just four years ago. But if you had been able, you know, back in 2018, if you had a crystal ball and you knew that this was going to happen to you, would you still fly?
1: Wow. You've still gotten into it? It's a really difficult uh, question. Ah, it's so difficult because, you know, I I have uh, still a lot of pain and I don't know, yeah, how I will do the, if I can do sport again without pain and I really love to do some sport and, yeah, but the flying is so amazing. But I think I, I, I will say yes, because... I think the accident then it yeah it helped me to 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 see the life differently and to see how the family and the friends are important and sometimes you, you forget it and I have mm. yeah I think it was a really bad experience uh, this accident but I I grew up a lot with this.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a hard takeaway, but a good takeaway. Um, hard lesson, but a good lesson. Yeah. yeah, we have to appreciate what we have, don't we? The you mentioned that you quit um, a job to go on this kind of eight-month flying sabbatical. What What was your job? What, what What were you doing?
1: I'm a teacher in in a primary school. I teach. Um, okay every material to children from 8 to 10 years old. And yeah, I, I really really love this job. I love children and but yeah, I wanted to do my my tandem license to to start to work a bit as a tandem pilot and to mm-hmm. do some little job at, at the school in the, in the wintertime maybe when one one teacher is waiting a kid. Oh, is sick. Do you have kids? No, I don't have. <laughs> I don't know if I want to have some kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're still young. Look at me; I just started, and I'm almost fifty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah plenty of time, plenty of time. Oh, geez, I you kind of took the wind out of me there a little bit. It's, I, I just can't imagine what you've been through. I, I've, you know, since. I've been following you for quite some time now. Just getting ready to have this chat with you, and you seem consummately optimistic in your posts, and you've really attacked this with what seems to be from an outside perspective with a very good attitude.
1: Yeah, um, I, I was really, I was really positive the the fourth, first first months after the the accident because. I saw the the progress um and I knew that I still can progress and I I thought yeah with with this positivity you go you can go faster and when you're more motivated you can go faster but yeah then I I I think I have done too much with my body I I trained too much and I had a lot of pain so for 3 weeks I had to yeah to to rest and to stay a bit calmer and that it was difficult because
0: mm.
1: in a recovery like this you it's always like waves it's going better and then it's going a bit mm, bad and it's difficult mentally but because when you see the progress it's it's easy you you know you you're going forward but when you have more pain and you can maybe walk it's it's more difficult you have to be really really patient and yeah the the last month <clears throat> was really difficult for me because i could walk without the crutches and suddenly one day it was not possible anymore and i i thought oh no what's happening and that yeah, it was for, I don't know, maybe three weeks like that. And I was just waiting that my body was okay to, to walk. And sometimes you, you can't understand because there was no reason that I can walk anymore. And yeah, sometimes it's, it's difficult, but I think when you see the progress, it's, it's more easy because, you know, you're going forward.
0: Serena, in the last six months, I bet you've replayed that incident and the dust devil and the field and the, and hitting the ground a million times. Uh, it doesn't seem like, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't an obvious mistake. You know, these, these things are obviously, obviously they're usually, and it sounds like in this case, you know, a series of things that, that led to an accident, but it wasn't didn't sound like you were really pushing it or, you know, in a particularly bad spot, but what, is there anything where you, when you look back and you think, you know, that and maybe not even that day, but Mm -hmm. six months prior prior to that, you know, were you, were you pushing it too hard? Were you doing something? Were you being complacent? Were you, you know, all the things that we talk about on the show over and over and over again, you know, is there anything where you go, God, I wish I would have done X or I wish I would have done something.
1: Yeah, I, I, I different, w- differently. I wasn't pushing hard at all. I I just w- wanted to go land slowly and in a safe way. I really mm. didn't know that it was dangerous to land there. But yeah, I, I, after reflection, I th- I think I could to something else and land in another place because the, the sinking air that I flew before land, maybe four or five meters per second, I should have, have an alarm in my head and say to me, oh, now if there is this sinking air here, next to this place there will be a very big thermal and yeah i should have uh, landed maybe far from this area so yeah now i will really really be a lot more careful to things like this
0: More more for the listener aspect of this, but you said you were probably 80, 90 meters off the ground. Was the reserve, did you consider it?
1: Um, no, I was maybe 20, 30 meters uh, from the ground. Oh,
0: you were really low. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, the okay. the first, first thing I, I was thinking, it's, it's too late. I just remember mm. this sentence in my head, it's, it's too late and i mm. I don't know how I made it, but i I felt on my two legs.
0: you said two years you know most likely what will there be more surgeries or if the if the rehab is the rehab or the doctor's basically saying now it's just rehab, it's just a matter of training
1: maybe in in the bone in my leg i can I can put away the metal because i have a long metal stick in in the tibia i don't know if you say Mm -hmm. that and now my my knee is hurting a lot when i walk Uh, i think because of the this metal thing and when the knee when the bone is uh, okay i can put the the metal away but in my back the the broken vertebra is too bad and i have to leave it um, for uh, yeah for for my life
0: when you get back into flying it sounds like you're pretty excited to do that and you know the 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 body keeps working better will anything about will your approach to the sport be different than it was
1: um i i don't know i think i think so because now I have a lot more uh, fear and I will need to gain confidence again, and I don't know um, if I will able to gain this confidence again to fly uh, with serenity in in the Alps, because uh, there can be really strong thermals and strong condition area that are difficult to fly. So, yeah, I don't know but first I, I i really just want to to um, enjoy the flying with friends and not concentrated on on flights. flight so yeah
0: just fun stuff
1: yeah just fun stuff yeah
0: i know there are many people unfortunately uh, listening to this podcast who have had similar accidents you know this this sport can be quite unkind uh, There's a lot of people who have had back injuries and, and other in, in this sport. Can you offer any advice to people that are going through what, what you are going through just in terms of what you've learned that has made this very challenging time better, Uh, you know, that help the kind of daily grind of, of getting through an accident? You mentioned, you know, that your appreciation for friends and family, mm-hmm. and you know, people like Kriegel reaching out. But you know, are there are there things this community can do for people like yourself who are in this position, and also just what you've learned about, um, you know, kind of getting to the other side?
1: Yeah, I I think every every people is is different, and some people maybe want to be to be more more alone when they when they are bad and i i was lucky to to have some very good good friends that helped me a lot to to be positive and and some other people that i really really don't know and they wrote me and they they just give me give me confidence and they told me yeah they had some accident and but they're flying again and they're loving that again and that was really really helpful and then yeah the family is, is really really important because you yeah you live with them and i i, I wasn't near from my for my father but my father was there every day and he he phoned with me a lot. And I was really surprised of that because yeah, I didn't have a lot of contact with my father. And that was, yeah, that was a beautiful thing in the accident.
0: Mm. So there, it sounds like there have been some little, little roses that have, you know, grown from... From this experience mm-hmm. things that are I guess quite unexpected so there's yep. well that's that's nice Serena that's probably a good place for us to to wrap things up as well I really appreciate you sharing this quite difficult uh period of your life with us and uh and your exciting year both good and bad obviously but this has been a real treat and I I wish you the best of luck with healing and getting back into flying and managing all of this in the style that you have. And hats off to you for for having such a great attitude.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll see you at, at, at CloudBase, I hope, soon. Thanks, Serena. If you find the CloudBase Mayhem valuable, you can support it in a lot of different ways. You can give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or however you get your podcast. That goes a long ways and helps spread the word. You can blog about it on your own website or share it on social media. You can talk about it on the way up to launch with your pilot friends. I know a lot of interesting conversations have happened that way. And, of course, you can support us financially. This show does take a lot of time, a lot of editing, a lot of storage and music and all kinds of behind-the-scenes costs. So if you can support us financially, all we've ever asked for is a buck a show. And you can do that through a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can set up a subscription service that charges you for each show that comes out. We put a new show out every two weeks. So, for example, if you did a buck a show, and every two weeks, it'd be about $25 a year. So way cheaper than a magazine subscription, and it makes all of this possible. I do not want to fund this show with advertising or sponsors. We get asked about that uh, pretty frequently, but I for a whole bunch of different reasons, which I've said many times on the show, I don't want to do that. I don't like having that stuff at the front of the show. And I also want you to know that these are authentic conversations with real people. And these are just our opinions, but our opinions are not being skewed by sponsors or advertising dollars. I think that's a pretty toxic business model. So I hope you dig that. Um, you can support us. If you go to cloudbasedmayhem.com, you can find the places to support. You can do it through patreon.com forward slash mayhem. If you want a recurring subscription, you can also do that directly through the website. Uh, we've tried to make it really easy, and that will give you access to all the bonus material, little video casts that we do and extra little uh, nuggets that we find in conversations that don't make it into the main show, but we feel like you should hear we don't put any of that behind a paywall. If you can't afford to support us, then just let me know and I'll set you up with an account. Of course, that'll be lifetime. And hopefully a, you're being in a position someday to be able to support us. But you'll find all that on the website. Uh, all of you who have supported us or even joined our newsletter or bought cloud-based Mayhem merchandise, t-shirts or hats or anything, you should be all set up. You should have an account and you should be able to access all that bonus material now thank you so much for listening i really appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next show thank you